Hey guys, welcome to the Tech People Podcast. My name is Ken Coyne. I'm your host and founder, as well as head of technology at Office Talent. I believe at the heart of any success story are the people who made it happen. Diversity, creativity, and innovation, when nurtured in people, can lead to an unbeatable formula. I created this podcast to share the experiences of some truly inspirational leaders on their journey to success. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today we're delving into the world of venture capital investment to look at the latest trends. I'm delighted to be joined by Eric Oslarn, who's the Chief Operating Officer at Verbon, which is a platform that makes it easy to launch funds and SPVs, special purpose vehicles. That is, it makes it very easy for you to become your own venture capitalists. At this point, I think we should just talk to our experts and learn a bit more. So welcome to the show, Eric. Thank you, Ken. Great to be here. Oh, thank you. Listen, as we do with all my guests, maybe you could give us a bit of background about yourself. Sure, sounds good. Um, I guess I kind of call myself a scale upper, which means I've kind of been around the block for the last <laughs> 15 odd years, uh, really working from very large enterprises. I started my career at uh, PwC. And then kind of work through various companies from large, medium to small and to startups and really helping the last few years. We really focused around uh, high growth, high scale uh, startups and really helping them kind of put together a kind of sustainable uh, strategy to grow and uh, an exit. So that's my, my sweet spot. On a personal side, I'm, I'm a father of three, almost four wonderful children that keeps me uh, busy at night and uh, keeps me on my toes over the weekends and, uh, yeah, live in, yeah. And, uh, living in the wonderful city, rainy city of London as well. So yeah, that's, uh, Ooh. that's more. Yeah. Fantastic. So tell us, I mean, uh, I know, no, your latest uh, company you're working on is linked to venture capital investing. I mean, so how would you get, uh, what attracted you to this space? Sure. Yeah. So I'll, I'll happily talk a little bit about Valban. But I guess, I guess my, I've always had a very keen interest in uh, venture capital. I mean, when crowdfunding was just in its infancy, I was really, really interested about that concept of democratizing investments. And I felt it's something that I, for my background, because way, way back in the day, I was a, a lawyer. I try and hide that fact. Please edit it out at the end of this uh, conversation. <laughs> but uh, I kind of worked in then in operations and really saw how you can, um, you know, with, with a smart kind of infrastructure that deliver a bit excellent kind of outcomes for wider markets. And I thought crowdfunding was a, gr- a great place at the time and did a few investments myself. And then also moved into the space of, uh, kind of the early, early types of investing that was democratized. So the, what, what today's known as like the eToros, the Robin Hoods of the world those types of businesses. So I've always had this interest about how do you drive more value to the, to the wider community where necessarily they don't have the, the black amexes to be able to go in and invest, but they, you know, they want access to, to alternatives. It really nicely brought me to, to Valban because, you know, our, our goal in life is to help people deploy, well, pool capital and deploy it in the, the most easy way possible, really enabling people to be, to be able to, to invest in, uh, in high growth businesses, whereas before they wouldn't have been, wouldn't have been able to because they didn't have the, the ticket size to be able to invest. Now they can pool friends, family, 
colleagues together and invest together to to be able to really sit on those like you know, big startup names that you otherwise would probably not even have a chance to, to be part of. And I think that was you know a really interesting uh, place in the market, and I really felt something I could add a lot of uh, value. And it's been it's been great here. I've been here now a year and a bit. We've been going from strength to strength. We've got over 300 of these types of what we call containers. We've set up over $500 million passed through us. Wow. We've really been changing the landscape of venture capital for pretty much most people in the world. So it's really exciting here. Wow. Has COVID helped that or not? Yeah, I think, uh, well, you know, COVID really was a transformational play for, for many uh, technology companies. And for us particularly, because we, we're not, a, we're all about giving you a dashboard, a, a platform to, to enable you to, to invest from your laptop anywhere in the world. You don't need to be in a meeting with someone. You don't have to have, uh, go to meet your lawyers and your accountants and go through hours and hours of painful costs and time to get to you over the line. Everything happens in one place in a few clicks. And I think COVID really, you know, really mastered that concept of the, the digital transformation. And we've been really, lucky during that time and happy to say it's we've been on a on doing very well from it. Ooh. So talk to me, I mean, we mentioned already about I mean about some of the trends, but obviously we saw crowdsourcing being a, a really big trend. I mean, what are the kind of hot hot trends at the moment? Sure. Um alternatives is is a big trend at the moment and it's it's really heating up. I mean, you can't go by not picking up a piece you know, a piece of uh a newspaper or an article or whatever the mediums you, you, you're listening to and not hearing about record after records being broken. I think last quarter in the UK was we hit $5 billion of deployed capital. I think this morning I read it was like $6.5 billion. It's really, it's transformational. And I think it, it's really creating this uh, momentum. And a lot of people are really interested to, to get into it, which is, is great. But there's also a lot of topic, there's a lot of uh, conversation about is this a... Uh, you know, are we waiting for a bust and a cyclical move to, to impact the markets? And there's a lot of debate around this at the moment. But I think you see kind of what's happening, actually. I mean, there's, yes, there's a lot of huge deals. Yes, there's probably less due diligence happening and you know, fast follow-ons. A lot happening over the Atlantic. But I mean, you're seeing it more and more the case. And I think but if you look at the fundamentals, you look at the startup growth rates and how they're kind of uh, growing and accelerating. I mean, it is, it's, it's very different to, to where we were before the exit sizes are like five times what they were, you know, 10 years ago. Decacorns is a thing now. You know, it, it just makes sense. If, you, if you're exiting bigger, you're also going in bigger. Um, so I think that the traction is, is just continuing. And I think, you know, people are IPOing quicker than they used to. Uh, you've seen companies less than five years already on the IPO trail and this wonderful topic of SPACs now, which is becoming the thing to do where you go off and get a blind check to find uh, the next next big thing. And there's lots of uh, press around it, but actually it's the institutions which are following and you're seeing the likes of uh, London Stock Exchange or others that are really opening their their minds to to these types of vehicles that did not happen before, which again, pouring more and more capital in. So it's really, it really is a, a big uh, game changer. And I think the, uh, if you look also at the startup level, like what, what's going on? Like why, why suddenly are you getting more and more investment? I mean, think about like when people were going out to get investments 20 years ago, like what did you need? You needed like, you need millions of pounds, dollars, euros, whatever to actually be able to get your, your own server, you know, get your office. 
get lawyers to sort everything out for you. It was, it was a painful, very expensive process. And all that's really gone down, right? Today you can, you know, get your own, get cloud. You can go get your WeWork. You can, you know, get your, uh, online legal documents. The cost of, of starting up is drastically reduced. And by doing so, it means you can test an idea quicker and identify whether or not there is a potential success there much faster than it would have been beforehand and not having to spend the million. So you could do much smaller tickets. And that really helps a lot of people come into the market. We were talking about smaller tickets, more accessibility. And, and this is it, right? If you can not have to invest, you know, five million to test an idea, you can do it with 200,000. So only the game's different. So that's been, you know, a big part of that, I think, and, and the change. And I think, I mean, the other thing is that I think that accessibility to investments really changed. So if you think about what, uh, you know, you, you want to go raise money. Okay. Your first check, who do you go to? You go to your friends, your family, but do they have like, you know, 100K sitting there waiting for you? In many cases, yes, but a lot of people have been commenting and saying, well, actually, is this fair? Because there's a lot of minorities that might not have access to the same levels of uh, friends and families that they can, you know, just pick off 100, 200,000. And it's really holding them back. And I think the fact that there's a lot of democratization happening, like Valban is creating, suddenly you're, you're able to actually, you know, pull a few smaller tickets together and invest in a way that uh, drives that kind of diversity into the, uh, the ecos- ecosystem. And I think that's amazing. And I'm really, you know, really happy to see that. And, uh, you know, I just want to see more and more of that happening. You know, these trends, have they been driven out of the US? Or, I mean, it's like, you know, different areas in the world, Asia, I don't know, where, where these trends kind of... You know, I mean, the, you know, the US is by far the largest... I think I can't remember the exact percentages, but it's by right. far the, the, the highest, uh, amount of VC investment. I mean, that's, you know, if you think where the exits are happening and the, the you know, the, the impact Silicon Valley has had. And, you know, these trends have kind of kicked off there and really become a kind of a yardstick of what, what, what actually is happening, what works. But I think we also have a lot of catch up to do. I think, you know, Europe, is generally considered a very conservative uh, space for venture capital, the way you, you, you seek investment. So you can't walk in with a hoodie and expect a check at the end of it. <laughs> the US, it's still the case in many cases, in many places. But that's also because there's been a, a transformational change. Like the people that were, were, were exiting in Silicon Valley, like, you know, 20, 30 years ago continued as, as operators. And you, know, you don't have many of those operators sla- turned into VCs as you, you've got in the US. So it's obviously, it's going to take time for those transitions to happen. And, in the U.S., I mean, one of the great things in the U.S. is their regulatory environment really encourages investing and, and, and really fund management, which Europe is still far, far, far away from. Today, if you want to set up a, a fund in Europe, you're, you need to get regulated. It's a very long process. It's very expensive. The ongoing requirements are extremely um, complicated. It's, it's just not really easy. And I think we're still playing catch up on a lot of things, for sure. It's difficult. I mean... Does it matter? Does it matter where you're based now? I mean, with technology, can you be based, for example, in UK and is it easy to get funding in the US or Israel and easy? Is does location matter anymore? Where you're set up? Yeah. So unfortunately, uh, tech doesn't follow regulation <laughs> very well. The, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of concern about each jurisdiction. They want to protect their own. And make sure that people aren't, uh, people aren't abusing their the general population. So, right. you know, the, the FCA always kind of like, you know, what about the, the pensioner in 
doesn't have much but invest their money into a high risk product? How do you protect that person? Um, and every jurisdiction has that kind of their own sentiment about protect, you know, protecting their own. So it's very difficult to proactively market across jurisdictions. Like you have to rely on many different kinds of uh, exemptions and a lot of different types of, of rules to be able to do so. And it's, and it's just not, it's not simple and it's not conducive to enabling free markets the way you, we would picture it in, in you know, how technology has transformed many different other yeah. places. But it's because it's there to protect the, the general public and make sure that, you know, you know the government's put in place the rules and regulations to ensure that you don't get, you know, go through any fraudulent activity or you sold something that you shouldn't be sold. So yeah, I think there's, there's still, I mean, you, you see this also in the, in the banking space. You, know, you can't really, a lot of neobanks are setting up, but they're setting up very locally, right? You don't have yeah. a neobank in every jurisdiction now, but that's where it's kind of walking towards uh, slowly. So yeah, that's the hard bit. Like you can't, it's not an easy thing to do. And that's why you know, for us, when we, we put a lot of time and effort and expense to thinking very carefully about those complexities and how do you make sure that if someone comes to us, you know, that they have that kind of those, you know, they have a, a safe place, so to speak, to, to generate and access venture capital markets. So, are you, so you, are you guys then working across markets then? Yeah. So we, um, we, the way we, we, we work is that, uh, we, we work with a, clo- a global client base, obviously within the, the realms of what, uh, compliance, uh, allows you to do. And we really give you the, the tools, the kind of the playground to make what you do happen. So we, we, we're lucky, we're lucky in that sense. We don't do the marketing bit. We don't go to your jurisdiction and say, right, you know, use this, use that. But we give you really the tools which you did not have before to be able to create these, these SPVs, these vehicles that you can pull people together and invest and do in a very kind of, in a very high quality way. So that, that's the kind of the, the major innovation, which just doesn't, doesn't exist. Okay. And what, what are, does it mean, the, the major challenges today with VC investing? At, at the macro level or? Yeah, I suppose so, yes. So I guess the, you know, it's, it's, it, the markets are very, you know, they're hard to get into. Like it's, right. there's, there's, you have a few, you know, it's, it's, it's very kind of, it's been, you know, it's called private markets for a reason. It's very private. <laughs> so, right. you know, you, you, it, it's, it's not something that, that has been, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, like people just did not have access to, to venture capital. Like if you, you know, went out there and said, you know, I want to invest now in a, in a startup. Like, how do you do that? Like what, how, where? And I think that the challenges have been, um, really driven, uh, somewhat, I guess, by also kind of governmental levels. So how does the government encourage people to, to really use venture capitalists as a medium to, to accelerate? Cause the government, you know, they want, uh, lots of startups to work. You know, the more startups, more employment, you think SMEs are the biggest employers in the world. You know, how do you create more and more of those startups? But in the same way, you want to be protect and, you know, control and make sure that actually, you're not letting people have access to, to certain markets, which they don't understand what it is. And I think you know, that, that it's been a big challenge. And you, I don't know if you, if you read, if you read some, I mean, today in the news, there was, sorry, last week in the news, it was, there was a, um, the UK government's looking about how can they, uh, get pension funds, right? This is your money, your pension. Right. How do you get pension funds to access more and more venture capital, right? Cause it's, it's, it's win-win. One side, you've got, You've got um, more money pouring into the UK economy and creating more jobs. And on the other side, though, you've got like, how do you kind of protect that 
those pensions. And but the problem is, is that you've got these pensions sitting, very low interest rates, lack of ability to you know reach you know high returns, and you're trying to find that kind of balancing act for that. And you find that, and so what the UK government's come out with recently is that you know what we're going to do is we're going to stop the cap on management fees. So right now, if you think about private equity venture capital, management fees tend to be quite expensive. And yes. you know, it's, at the moment, the cap in the UK is uh, three quarters of a percent, which is way below what the market is, which just completely puts pension funds out of the the VC game. And they're talking about now increasing that, so allowing uh, or even removing to allow to. For these these pension funds to actually invest in venture capital, I think those kind of challenges are things that really you know they're affecting more kind of funding coming into the economy. And I and I really believe it's a circular thing. Like as long as the the quality of the deals are very good, um, at the end of the day, it's actually helping and supporting the, the economy. But yeah, I think that's one of the big challenges. That is that is that level of of uh, still control in many jurisdictions. And the UK is trying to, to become a leader in this space. I mean, you see in the UK they have. Uh, a lot of tax reliefs on early investment. Here it's, it's called the uh, SEIS, EIS. And I think that's a really good innovation from a, a tax relief perspective. And I think we can, everyone can learn a lot from that uh, globally, but we're still far away from where we need to be in, you know, catching up with what's happening on the other side of the Atlantic. Well, interesting. So, I mean, how do you see that evolving for the future? You know, you said, well, we're still very far behind. Do you see that change? Yeah. Well, I think you, you see some of those changes happening, like I said, with, uh, with the Chancellor's recent uh, announcement in the UK. There's a recognition that, you know, there's, there's, there's a massive wealth transition happening. So there's $7 trillion worth of wealth passing from one generation to the next. And you know, there's no longer these um, defined benefit, final salary pension schemes that exist. So you're not really kind of sorted when you retire. And um, you, you're in a world of low interest rates has been around for very long and doesn't appear like it's going to be stopping anytime soon. So there's a lot of like focus about how is the government going to support us in you know 20 years from now or longer if, if you need to to retire. Like how does that work? And that's why there's a lot of these changes that have been implemented to try and help it. But we're still far, far, far away from it. I think by far the, the biggest one would be the how angels are becoming, I think, will become more savvy, I think. Like how do they really understand wealth management? Because today you have a lot of investments which are very high risk and quick win or loss. And I think that's, it's dangerous because you, you don't, you're not educated about good financial management by doing that. You, you think, oh, right, I'm going to put a, you know, 10 pounds on crypto and meet, be a billionaire from it. I mean, it, you know, the, it's a dangerous game that yeah. you play. And I think people are going to have more and more access to their fingertips of like, how can I manage my, my wealth? Like it's no longer the realm of these private stuffy banks that are managing that it, it's me with my whatever app and you know accessing these these opportunities so i think that's really the the big transition we will see and you know with this wealth transfer it's also a generational transfer where you people expect to have more control one less of the discretionary more of the uh, decision making sitting with them you saw this with ETFs that you know became more commoditized over the years, and I think you'll see that more into the personal wealth management. And probably people, those people thinking, well, you know, where are those good returns? Where yes, they're, they're not as quick as a as a crypto launch and uh, potential bust, but you know, what about those those areas such as like art, antiquities, baseball cards, whatever it is that kind of intrigues me and what I want to be part of? And how do I access those things? Because today I don't have access to it, and you're seeing a lot of that again. The US is massively growing. I think you're going to see more and more of that happening 
here and places like Baoban giving those types of uh, opportunities to people that otherwise they would not not have. Very interesting. How about, um, you mentioned earlier about crypto, but blockchain, is that, I mean, do you see that changing the world of investing going forward? Uh, taking out your intermediaries, for example? Yikes. Um, <laughs> It's a difficult one. I think, um, and I was, I was very, uh, you know, I was, I was watching keenly the, the crypto space very, very early on. And, you know, there was a lot of interesting dynamics happening. And I think, you know, people think of, people think of crypto and they go straight to like, especially the, the early stages. Oh, it's for criminals. It's for terrorism. Well, yeah, I mean, the internet kind of started with people thinking the same thing and look where we are today. I think it's the kind of the use cases that really people have to ask themselves, like, what is, what are the use cases we need to solve? Not just what we, we could solve, but what do we really need to solve and work backwards from there? And I think payments is the obvious space to do so because there's so much inefficiencies. We're working with, uh, Swift, which is, I mean, older than most people in the world. And it, it needs a lot of, uh, revolution and it, it needs, it probably needs a bit of, uh, support and, and maybe there's good use cases for it. And I think, you know, there's a lot of interesting models out there of how blockchain can, can really redefine supply chains. And there's some exciting stuff happening on, on that space. And yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm generally bullish on the blockchain side. I think cryptos is driving us probably into the wrong direction of where it could get to, but at least it's keeping pe- people aware of what it is and what it can do. So yeah, I mean, it's one, watch this space, I guess. Yeah, very interesting. And well, it's good, as you say, to see the, the, the smaller guys fighting back. But I still have the impression that it's the big boys that are still dominating. I mean, these big private equities, these big venture funds that are getting all the, the nice big deals. But that, I mean, I don't know, is that, is that, do you see that changing rapidly or is that still very much? Yeah, no, I, I completely do. And I think this is where, this is where we really make a difference because I, you know, I see kind of the, the, the deals that come onto our platform. And these are like the top, top, top companies, like the best of the best. Like you wouldn't get access to these. I wouldn't have got access to these before. And it's crazy because I see like the, the people, you know, they're setting up these uh, SPVs and it could be any one of us doing this. So if, you, if you put your mind to it, if you put a career to it and you have interest in the space, it's just a matter of, of bringing a group of people together that you, you all have like-minded goals of uh, wealth creation and investing in the larger ticket. And the, only, you know, the way you can do that is you really set up a, a structure, a vehicle to do so, and you do it through a platform like Baoban. And I mean, that's that's amazing to see. Like it just, it would not have it. It just wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't have existed beforehand. Sounds very cool. But is there a, they still have to have a certain level of funding, I guess, these smaller groups. I mean, is there, is there a limit or how does it work in terms of minimum funding? It depends on the, the, the rounds. So one could say, well, you know, oh, well, you know, to access a series E investment. Yeah. Probably the ticket size is going to be quite, quite high. But you know what? There's a lot of seeds, series A businesses out there that's actually a really like, you know, a big name. And, you know, they, people would want to have access to these, but don't because it's sitting on the, you know, just between the VC community. Uh, and only certain part of that VC community. But by creating these structures, you can bring more people onto the table. And sometimes you can get some very good influential angels involved that can really help you and support you and be a shoulder for, for issues and questions. So it's, it's great to diversify, really great to diversify your the mix. And, you know, we, we released a, a recent product where we, we're helping at the founder level, at the entrepreneur level, like here's a container, right? Set up a container and keep your, 
your cap table clean, don't have like thousand people on it. It's way too complicated to manage. Have a container and start adding your investors in this and make it really organized. And it's been great because they use it for like clients and they use it for investors. And it's, it's such a great way to like, you know, use an innovation, which is actually aimed at the VC world, but actually at the, at the founder level. And that's kind of how you can really drive uh, a change in the market. Right. And does it also help you source deals? Or is it just kind of set up the vehicle? Yeah, we don't. I mean, we, we don't do the, uh, the sourcing piece. We, we're all about, you know, giving people the tools to, to make things happen. We have a lot of ideas about how we're going to in the, in the future around this, but you, know, you have to do things in, in the right way, in the right fashion to make it legitimate. Okay. You're speaking about the future. I mean, so what is the plan for the future? Also, we've got, I mean, there's, there's always amazing things happening here, which is great. Uh, lots of features, a lot of, a lot of types of, um, vehicles we're, we're thinking about. And how do we, how do we empower the future of, uh, venture capitalists? Like what is missing? What do you have? And I guess we're lucky and, and, and sad in some ways where Europe is just a terrible place to set up a venture fund. And there's so much work needed and there's no harmonization, although, you know, you have these many regulations that claim to harmonize things, but there's a lot of still, problems out there. And I think we're, we're developing a new new type of uh, fund that we're going to really uh, help fund managers set up a fund. So SVBs is like a single deal. A fund is like multiple deals under one structure. So really set up a fund that will, will be scalable, will be accessible, and really you know, change the landscape of what venture capital is and will be. Very cool, Eric. Listen, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I mean, if people want to learn a bit more about you guys, your company and yourself, what is the best way to get in touch with you? Sure, yeah. Uh, So our website's uh, www.valban.io and myself, uh, you can reach out to me. My email address address is arik, that's A-R-I-K, at valban.io. Always glad to speak. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Arik. No, pleasure. Thank you for having me.